Welcome back to yet another episode of the Underrepresented Perspective. As always, this is Annie, and I'm joined by Jason, the TikTok Doc Campbell. What's going on, man? Hey, I'm just I'm too excited. JC of the DC, we back. We are back, and Coin Six Sports Analyst, the Marcus Graves. What's up, y'all? Another episode. I'm excited for this. Let's do it. So when we first started this project, I was kind of worried that, you know, if we did weekly episodes, we were going to run out of things to talk about. And I'll be honest, I don't uh, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Not <laughs> possible. No, there's too much B- between sports, between uh, political things and just life things in general, how how everything's played out. I mean, this is 2020. This is already like a I don't want to say a horror movie, but it's about as close as it gets. So there's plenty of things that are going on, good and bad, though. So. I mean, the topics are always here to talk about. I mean, about. it's like it's like Britannica's encyclopedia. <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> okay, well, I, you, I'm going comedy, actually, for the rest of my time with you guys. No, you shouldn't, man. I, I insist. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's the best move. <laughs> so there's something I wanted to ask you guys um, that I experienced this week. If you had received a you know company-wide email or school-wide email or hospital-wide email, whatever that may be, um, in regard to something related to social activism, um, specifically, you know, if you'd received a message of solidarity and allyship uh, or even a call to action, and one of your peers had come to you and verbalized to you that that email was a nuisance to them and they didn't think it related to your um, curriculum or career path or what, you know, whatever it may be, and that it was kind of extraneous to the situation and you said to you like I'm really annoyed that I'm getting spammed by messages like this at work what kind of reaction would you guys have to that yeah I mean I think it's just interesting because on one hand you have people that feel like literally they're as a medical student they finally have a platform a chance to actually really make change and then you have others that feel like yeah i mean if i'm a medical student or a law student or whatever like my job is just to just to do medicine just to do law and to try to stay away from these other avenues if quote unquote they don't pertain to them so i think yeah it's it's, just, it's really a uh an interesting nuance because in 2020 being a medical student a law student a physician a lawyer is certainly going to look a lot different than it did five ten definitely 20 years ago this was really hard for me to listen to um you know i understand you are frustrated by emails Um, emails are the bane of my existence they're my least favorite form of communication i absolutely hate them but to answer so briskly i think to an email that's about social advocacy and to say so plainly this isn't part of our curriculum you know i would encourage Mm -hmm. you to to think back to your why medicine answer because Jason how many times do you get asked why medicine on the way to medical school oh yeah on the way to medical school I was gonna say yeah, not much um, anymore unless I'm talking to a mentee but I, I think you bring up a great point like in all things that we do just remembering why we started them is a very humbling a n- very humbling transaction it does humble you or I think you know if your reason is sound if your reason is not just to profit off of the healthcare system but to actually make a change or make some kind of positive impact in someone's life, it is humbling and it it reminds you what a privilege it is to pursue medicine. So I guess I would say I encourage whoever had such a visceral response to this one email that honestly you could have just sent to your your trash box. Just remember your why medicine and maybe reflect on like, is this really what I want to be doing? Because emails and alerts and like tasks are not something we're ever going to be able to escape. 
it doesn't matter if you're on service or you're not on service like you're going to have responsibilities and I think I would encourage you also to think about what professionalism is like and not professionalism in the sense of appearance um, because that's I think that's very much in the image of a of a white man of how to dress and how to be and how to style your hair and your shoes etc but professionalism in the manner of acting and I, I guess Jason and Marcus I want to open it up to you guys yeah I mean so um, you know I don't know this person so I definitely want to say that on one hand um, medical school is very taxing medical school is very demanding very medical school is very anxiety provoking I remember there were times in medical school when maybe medical school was not going well and I would just really I mean dreadfully I mean almost in a scared manner open my inbox uh, you know, and so when I got, you know, maybe I got a lot of emails for things that at the time I did not feel were maybe that important to me. But I do think you have to be careful with how you respond to things. I do think that, you know, think about really what your thoughts mean. Think about wh- think about where your head's at. I mean, you know, what, you know, is this who you're going to be not only when you're, you know, anxious and in medical school, but as a resident, as an attending one day, yeah. you know. Um, I know there are people at the hospital that, you know, diversity is important, but it's not the most important issue. To me, it's the most important issue. So, Presa, no, I mean, I know, you know, Joseph said, I know it's not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, you know, like a surprising thing, but obviously I'm going to be a huge proponent of increasing minorities in medicine, increasing the numbers of those who look like me in a field that I'm in, and seeing that as one of the most important things every day that I show up to work. But I'm not going to blame someone else who doesn't feel that way. You know, so it's difficult. Marcus, brother, what do you think? I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel about that. So it'd be obviously different for me because you guys are in the medical field compared to someone like myself who's not in the medical field, right? Sure. So in in regards to that, I look at that like does it kind of like what you said, Andy, does it really, you know, is it drastically changing your day? Is it really impacting you that much negatively that somebody, especially in a time like right now with the civil unrest and how everything basically has been panning out that someone would take that and that would be kind of the response the mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. know black lives matter i know this i know that but well i was i'm kind of tired of hearing the but and that's kind of the problem right it there is a problem and everyone says yeah but 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 like there's more important things like don't get me wrong you're going to medical school or whatever it is you're paying for it like that's going to be your career it's going to have it's how you're going to choose you know the path for your life to be but at the end of the day what's more important than anything and that's and that's life Right. That's someone else's life. That's the fact of someone is speaking up. And like you said, your peers and and your, you know, your teachers, your your professors, your your everything. Right. They're 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 reaching out because they're like, hey, we want to be allies. This is how we're going to do it or this is what we're going to do. We're going to put this in the spotlight because it's a serious problem. And then someone instead of taking it like a like what you said, any you could easily just looked at it and said, nope, not for me. Right. And put that kind of in. Okay, take it out of the limelight. But instead, you got to go out of your way to say, listen, this is not important right now because I'm in medical school. And Jason, maybe this is something you could speak on, kind of like what you were saying, and you as well, Andy. But just from an outside looking in perspective, like it, it I don't want to say it's an overreaction for that person, but it, it kind of makes me frustrated. Like, man, if you're not African-American and you're not in that reality, yeah. then that's something you can worry about. That's what I'm saying is that you can worry about, oh, well, these emails don't don't pertain to my school. Right. Compared to someone like Jason or I, where it's like, okay, it pertains to us. Like, my life is more important than your emails. 
and I'm sorry to say that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, well, I don't even think you have to apologize. Exactly, for a but but that's the thing. Mm. Is like, do I really need to? I have I have to apologize because it's an inconvenience for you. Mm. The fact of right. people that look like me, people that look like Jason, going are going through these times. Like, you're gonna sit here and tell me that your emails are more important and that it's so it's so drastic out of your day. It's gonna just like. Man, I can't get my work done. I can't focus on school. I can't do this. I can't do that because I got an email that, you know, if we want to be allies and how we can be allies and show support to somebody, right. it it doesn't make a lot of sense. So outside looking in, like I said, that's a very frustrating thing. And I'm going to be 100% honest. From my point of view, I think they should get over it 100%. Like, get over it. Your life is not going to end. But that's the whole point of this thing is that you're worried about emails. I'm worried about my life. But that's a privilege piece, honestly. That's exactly. Talk about the difference between like a you don't worry about this because oh no, and brother, I'm gonna give it right back to you. But you don't worry about this because you don't have to worry about this, mm-hmm. and that's okay. I'm not blaming you, but I just have to. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. <laughs> well, I, well, I, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's true. So that's the privilege piece, like you said. You don't have to worry about that. So just because you don't experience it, don't put that on somebody else saying. Well, I don't have to experience this. So I want my life to go like this. I want it to pan out like that. I want to see this. I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about this. Well, yeah, you want to do that because you don't have to worry about the other things. Just like we've talked about, you know, on a couple episodes. Some people get pulled over. You worry about a ticket. Other people get pulled over. They worry about their lives. Like the difference in what you prioritize Mm -hmm. is it, it just shows the privilege. And overall, like that's just that's just how you have to look at it. Like, I'm sorry that you get this email. Move it over to your junk mail. That's it. Get over it. Like, get over yourself, honestly. That's from, it's just frustrating that people, like, they can't see that. Everything is about me, 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 me. I want my stuff to be like this. I don't want my emails to look like that. I want this. I want that. Okay, well, you know what we want? We just want to be treated equal, and we just want to Equity and equality Mm -hmm. and inclusion. And if you get those three, the diversity will come. Absolutely. That's my take, man. I, I was getting into it a little bit. (laughs) I like to take, and and kind of going from there, you know, you're one of those guys, you're going to like this quote. Seek what sets your soul on fire. So that's that's my first one, okay? And then... And we got multiples today. Quit hiding your magic. The world is ready for you. Seek what sets your soul on fire. Quit hiding your magic. The world is ready for you. So if you look at these two quotes, these are two of the, not quotes, but the themes I always tell my mentees. Don't hide from the greatness that you can expect in yourself and that I expect of you. And if you are passionate about something, career-wise, specialty-wise, maybe it's a population that you'll serve one day, then that's your cup of tea. What do they say? Who who remembers Sister Act? You remember Sister Act? Sister Act 2, the movie? Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg, Lauren Hill. Oh, oh okay. my Sorry, sorry. No, God. I'm thinking, man. I'm thinking. I don't watch a lot of movies, so. Hey, y'all brothers, watch out for Mark. So, <laughs> Stop If we go Sister Act, Two, Whoopi Goldberg, what she say? She said, if you wake up every morning and you write, then you're a writer. And I, I, I really, you know, I know that to become, to get into medicine, you have to, there's more to th- their exams and there are classes, prerequisites. There's more to that. But if you wake up every day and you, you want to h- help heal people, you want to cure people, you want to help people, you want to save people, I'd say you're you have all the intangibles to be a doctor. Yeah. There are obviously tangibles that you need to have, but those intangibles matter a lot. And I think that finally we're starting to see that with the admissions process and things like that. But whatever your goal in life, if you're listening to our podcast right now, the underrepresented perspective podcast, we're here to talk about real life issues, but we're also here to hopefully inspire, motivate. We want to dream with you. We want to 
learn with you and we just want to share and at the end of the day like i said if you seek something with all your being then that's that's your life's work that's your mission and you should pursue it the first thing that came to mind when i heard the quote about not hiding your magic was imposter syndrome yeah tell me more about that yeah well i I mean, it's definitely something that I, I had to deal with personally um, at the beginning of medical school because it is really jarring to be surrounded by a bunch of brilliant people all of a sudden. You know, every single person in your class is absolutely brilliant and absolutely right. capable of doing everything um, that medical school asks of them. But people also don't, you know, broadcast their failures. So it really seems like everyone is just flying by and no one is struggling. And so then when you struggle... Like, it took me a long time to adjust my study schedule to what made sense to medical school because it really is different how you study in undergrad and how you study in med school. Right. And I remember looking around me and being like, how is everyone, like, how does everyone already have this figured out? How is everyone, like, figuring out how to stay on top of all the, you know, lectures we have and all the um, attendance responsibilities that we have and those kinds of things? And then, you know, you're also under the impression that, like, everyone is also doing research and everyone is also doing, like, activism and volunteering. And you're, like, just trying to stay afloat at that at that point. And especially being a reapplicant, I had to apply twice to medical school. And so the first time I thought I was ready. Um, and then the admissions committee thought otherwise. Then reapplying, I was like, well, again, you know, I think I'm ready. But then I also had the doubt of my mind of being like, well, what changed this year? Yeah. Talk about like that. How much doubt? <laughs> I mean, how much doubt was that? You know, I tell people I waited till I was ready. So I had three years between finishing undergrad and starting medical school. I definitely wanted to apply before then, but definitely had very luckily had great advice to wait. But I mean, I can't imagine having to reapply again. Like, how did that feel? I mean, it shook me like to to mm -hmm. put it blankly. It really shook me. And I had also had advice to wait until I was ready for medical school. So I, you know, put off taking my MCAT until I was ready. So I didn't take it until my senior year. And then I took a gap year. Um, I ended up taking two. But initially the plan was to take one gap year, work, get a little experience in the medical field and then apply. And um, after the first application cycle, I was waitlisted and I remember thinking like, okay, I, I think that the just like at wait list as a concept is really interesting. It's like, well, we think you could be a doctor, but only if like these other, you know, hundred and so people don't want to come here. Um, but I was really surprised because I felt ready. I felt like my interview went really well. And then when I got waitlisted, I was really surprised. And one thing that you can do when you call, when you um, get waitlisted is you can call the admissions committee and like ask them, you know, where did I go wrong in my application? And I swear, I thought they were going to tell me that my GPA was too low. Right. Because I got a C in PCHEM. <laughs> I was like terrified of that. Do you know how hard, do you, Marcus, do you even know what PCHEM is? Come on, man. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Good, ah, <laughs> this guy. Watch out for him, ladies and gentlemen. Marcus Greaves, <laughs> coin six. So PCHEM is physical chemistry. My mom talks about it as a freaking nightmare. Uh, all you chemistry majors out there, you guys are super studs. I don't I don't care if I know you, I don't care if you're pre med. I just anything that I hear with a letter that's rhymes with P and then chemistry is just dangerous. So the fact that she got a C is still an achievement. You don't even want to know what I got in organic chemistry, but here I am. Right. But they they feel so big. They feel so big those failures, especially when they when you think that's the reason that you got stopped from moving to the next 
level. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I got that C, my dad was like, you know, I'll pay for you to retake that class. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's no amount of money you can pay me to retake that class. We are not walking back in those doors, dad. <laughs> said immediately, no. Yep. But anyway, so I called them like fully expecting them to be like, oh, your GPA was a little lower. And the feedback that I got back was... It's weird. They're weird. It was really weird. They were, they were like, well, your interviewer thought you came across as hesitant. And I was so shocked by that. I, oh. lit- I went silent on the phone to where the, the admissions committee person was like, are you still there? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm here. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm here. I'm just surprised. Uh, because if you know me, I mean, like, I do speak very quietly and like, I don't, you know, I'm not yeah, vocal all the time. Normally, this is how Andy speaks this on is podcasts. I speak normally, yeah. Until Marcus and I tell her, don't do that. <laughs> Come on, Eddie. Oh my gosh. Don't make fun of me. Speak up, baby. Oh. That will be a pleasure. That's why I get cut out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not cutting that out. We're keeping that in. <laughs> but, I, you know, I was surprised. And it, it was even more frustrating that it wasn't something that was workable. Like, it wasn't like, okay, well, I can take more classes. Or, okay, well, I can do more volunteer hours. But it was, you know, someone's subjective perception of me that day was like, well, she seems hesitant. She doesn't seem full of, you know, confident of herself, not full of herself. Because we never want to come across as full of ourselves. But it's a fine line, I'll say. Um, so, anyway... That really shook me, and I didn't even know where to start to, like, remedy that situation because I'm I'm very much like, okay, if there's a problem, let's fix it. Let's make a plan. Let's fix it. Let's improve. And there wasn't really anything I felt like I could do to improve other than, like, r- honestly speak louder because I can't say that um, any of my friends would probably describe me as hesitant. Right. But when I walked through those doors for Mm -hmm. med school, when I did get accepted the second time around, Mm -hmm. I definitely had the feeling of like, do I actually deserve to be here because of that setback? Sure. And it took me time to realize like, you know what? Actually I do just like everyone in this class is like a pretty outstanding person. And what we've been able to accomplish in our like 23, 24, 25, 26, maybe even 30 years of life. But it took a while to rebuild that confidence just in myself. And it, it did affect my like relationship with my peers and things like that. So, mm. did you ever have, you know, did you? Oh ever do my like god, that have. <laughs> the better question is: Has Jason ever been successful? Like, how is he here? No, I mean a ton of. You know, you walk out of the exam, and I, you know, if you talk to one of my best friends from med school, Hiro Miyagi, shout out to Hiro. She's a University of Florida urology resident now, and absolutely the only reason I made it through med school. There's her and Grace, no question about it. And you know, I think that you, a lot of people have those persons, I think in their life, I think in the, in the minority community, we feel like, you know, um, that bond and, and just, you know, if you're not afraid to ask for help, how important it is to say, hey, like, I just, I still don't get this, I still don't have this concept down. I'm still st- struggling understanding all of the GI physiology and pathophysiology. Like, can you please help me? And so I remember Hero and Grace both just like, each taking a turn, like quiz me on different parts of first aid when I was getting ready for step one. Um, and you know, and, and then come back around step two, like, you know, just keeping with that, that, Hey, I need help. I know where my strengths are and this isn't one of them, but yeah, absolutely. I have struggles and yes. And you know, and like I said, it wasn't so much about, I just, I never, and Marcus maybe speak to this. I, I have areas where I feel really comfortable when I'm alone. Like I feel really comfortable working out by myself, really comfortable running by myself, really comfortable uh, when it comes to uh, preparing for an interview or like working on things right by myself. I know I'm doing it right. Mm-hmm. I have no question about it, but sometimes with studying, I'm like, well, am I doing it right? Am I covering the, the material that I need to cover? 
or or do I need to, you know, is that person over there do, doing more or doing doing better, doing more efficient studying? So right. that area has always been one that, you know, even to this day, I still feel like I'm learning how to best study, how to best put my put my feet right, left, right, left when it comes to taking knowledge in. And for me, sometimes it's just slowing down. Yeah, and I think, I think something that you could always look at is everybody's different in the different aspects of things, right? So in regards to, I'll bring in my broadcasting, is I, I go through the same thing, especially when I first started in broadcasting. I was like, okay, so you see these guys like an Urban Meyer, right? Who's right. a, you know, obviously one of the best college coaches ever. Got to give a shout out to Ohio State since you're here, man. I already know, but. The. <laughs> but just in general, when you watch those guys, you watch former players uh, on any, you know, network, I sit back sometimes. I'm like, okay, let's see what he does, right? And, and, and there's times I feel like, okay, I'm a lot better than that guy. And other times I'm like, wow, I need to step my game up big yeah. time because he is, he gets it. But so what is he doing differently than what I'm doing? But then uh, basically at the end of the day, it's what you do, right? You can only, you can only push yourself the way that you know how to push yourself, right? And a good example of that is Kobe Bryant. Think about Kobe Bryant, right? Mm -hmm. One interview he had that I'll never forget, he said, the Mamba mentality isn't for everybody, and that's okay. Mm. It, but it is okay because everyone has their own sense of, air quotes here, Mamba mentality. Right. So you can do, you know, you could do whatever you want in the way you do it because it works for you. Mm. The way Kobe Bryant did it with his, you know, workout. 4 a.m. 4 a.m. Back in 9 yeah, a.m. 4 a.m., back at 9, back at 1, back at 5, back yeah. at 10, go to bed, do it all over again. That might not work for someone like, LeBron James and LeBron will go about it a different way but at the end of the day they're both still great players right so yes, that was kind of something for me where I was like okay well if I watch film this way and I break down you know TV games this way or I, I on my podcast I do it this way or whatever it is it might not sound the same or it might not be the same as somebody else's but that doesn't mean that it's still not good content it doesn't mean that I'm not you know making strides in my job and making strides in my career path it just is a different way and everybody is going to be different and it's different for everybody. So I would say you, I mean, especially for you, Jason, you, any, just, just always keep in mind that, that everyone has it differently. Everyone does it differently. And obviously for the listeners as well, everyone is going to do it differently just because it doesn't, you can't do it the same way somebody else does, does not mean it's not working for you and it's not going to make you successful. No, I, I love that. And I think that in medicine it's hard sometimes because it's such a, cutthroat and oh yeah yeah marcus where were you in august come on it's <laughs> such a <laughs> it's just such a unique environment i mean medical school i mean it really is and so but like i said everything that marcus grieves coin six everything that he said was spot on you know guys this is the underrepresented perspective podcast we're just giving you guys our perspective on life on being successful and overcoming adversity uh these aren't these aren't written in stone but you know we've all been able to, to, to make some strides and we still have a long way to go and i think that's the number one aspect to to being successful not only humility but recognizing that you can learn from others that you don't know everything and remember like he said you only know what you know so making sure you bring other people in that's why i brought in any and marcus and that's why hopefully they brought me in thank you for joining us on the underrepresented perspective we'll see you next week